right, folks, before we get into the main thing today, I want to let you know that this particular episode of the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast is made possible by our friends at Hexagon, especially the Asset Lifecycle Intelligence Division at Hexagon, where they are doing amazing things to modernize that part of the business that we usually call enterprise asset management. Now, the best way to learn more about this is you go to hexagonppm.com, hexagonppm.com. Click on the link or tap if you happen to be on your mobile device that says solutions, and you'll see Uh, you'll immediately see everything that they're about. Empowered engineer, connected worker, digital fabricator, confident startup, enterprise project. I mean, the list, it's a whole digital twins. It's all in there. Operational twins. Have a look at what Hexagon is doing in enterprise asset management. Hexagonppm.com. An industry under pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. Okay, so I'm here at the ATCE conference. Uh, it, this is the SBE event, right? That's right. It's an SBE yeah. event. ATCE. Where's that guy who knows what it stands for? Uh, oh, it's the annual technical the conference annual te- and exhibition. Yeah. So you must there be you the go. guy who knows what it. Yeah. But there was another guy here. Who was who was that a minute ago? Uh, yeah. important. Yeah. He, he like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway, but I'm here with Tyler Reynolds, who, uh, uh, and you're from here. That's not, right. ev- not everybody here is from here, but you're from here. And you and I have talked a few times because I had your boss, Tristam, on the show a while ago, and we're going to have him come back. Um, but first, we got like a warm-up act. So, uh, but, but Tyler, well, first, uh, like, what are you guys doing here? Well, we've got... Um We've been working on something that's in uh, gestation for, yeah, nine, ten months now, in that we've got a technical paper on the first deployment for our Secure Quick Cure system in the Gulf of Mexico that Petronas. First deployment for what? Our Secure and Quick Cure technology. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think you guys talked about we that did. last time. But I just wanted you to say it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit slower. Yeah. I'm the token North American voice in the group, right? So, you are. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's good. Right. But um, so we're honored to have Petronas as a co-author on the paper, obviously sponsored the project and uh, Blade Energy Partners with us. Uh, Blade helped to do a lot of the pre kind of qualification of the technologies, uh, thermal simulations that helped to figure out what kind of impact the uh, quick cure heat sweep could have on the the cement job for the 22 inch surface casing on that project. That's deep. I, uh, you're, 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 you're already stretching my, uh, like my ability to track, but, um, let's, uh, uh, all right. So let's get these guys to talk yeah, for a minute and, uh, but you want to introduce them first? Yeah, uh, absolutely. yeah, your John, friends, if yeah. you want to step up, just, um, uh, yeah. yeah. so John, John, John Bowling with yeah. Blade Energy Partners. And so I'm, I'm here at the request of, uh, Petronas and, and Delta Tech and it's, you know, uh, fantastic. We we provided a little bit of uh, like engineering rationality to it uh, because what they're trying to do is add temperature to a cool environment, and we helped them figure out yeah. what would be the the effect of doing that. You know, via some modeling because uh, right now there's nothing commercially available to yeah, do this yeah. type of 
of circulation and shedding. You know what we call that? We call that risk transference, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But it, but yeah. it all comes back to Petronas, who's like really a great company to take on that kind of risk and and think about uh, how can we do something a little bit different and maybe get better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for yeah. the next time, because. I mean, the number of wells they drill in deep water, is, is, this could be a significant impact for them on a right, yearly right. basis using sure. this type of yeah. uh, And so real quick, uh, so Blade Energy, just for context, I don't need like the whole sales pitch, but Blade Energy does what? <laughs> oh yeah, Blade Energy, so, so we do uh, so specialty engineering work uh, from like seismic interpretation uh, to uh, all the way to like what I'm most interested in, which is well design, completion design, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, anything that's long round. Uh, try to figure out what the loads are, and and uh, so so that so that it could survive the the, yeah. the well designed life, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things I could say about that, but we're gonna move on. <laughs> um, so. So and you're from the Woodlands. So I am uh, not from the Woodlands. You're not from the no, Woodlands. No, no. I, it, you're, yeah, Missouri your badge, City. Your badge says you're from the Woodlands. My badge says I'm. Yeah. So you know, your badge says you're with Delta yeah. Tech. Also. That, that's right. So so for this project, uh, Delta Tech brought us in, and and yeah. so yeah, I Put just saw it. Fit, yeah. It would be great to continue that. That's way. cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and and so we also have, and you have to. I have to see your name tag so I remember how to say your name. By hockey, right? Hey, Micah. Hi, hockey. Yeah. yeah. So so you're from the. From Petronas. Yeah, I'm from I, Petronas. Yeah. So I have the first question I have to ask you because I, I, this has never been settled of all the people that I've ever talked to. Is it Petronas or Patronas? Petronas. Petronas. That. So I win. I win because because that's what I always argued for. And um, um, but you're here, so you traveled in from uh, from Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, yeah. From KL. So, but you've been here before. Did you yeah, I've been here in few times in in Houston. Yeah. So. Uh, before this, I was in Mexico for three years. Yeah, so yeah. I'm really excited to come here for, for this for this trip for for this uh, event ATCE. Right, right. So, so why why are you here? Uh, why, why are you here? In the, personally, in the, in I just want thing. to to come for this uh, long overdue uh, yeah. celebration for this success of Delta Tech technology, all this secure, quick yeah, yeah. That's awesome. The sales guy is clapping his hands right now. Um, <laughs> makes me so happy. <laughs> um, so the th it's funny because uh, John says something um, about, about these guys, Petronas, taking the risk, but also looking at that, like that forward-thinking new way of doing things, which I don't know if you know this, but Petronas actually has that reputation. Among those of us like who have been in the vendor community, um, that is the reputation that you have, your company, which is that you're very forward-thinking, um, you're not the stereotypical oil and gas, we always do everything the way we've always done it from the beginning, although that's really changing a lot in the industry. But that's the, but the, that innovation and looking for new ways of working, is that what you... Uh, is that how you think of yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Petronas, I think as, as a company, is, is a one of the technology-driven company, right? <laughs> so, so we are uh, hunger for this technology. So I think every time when we do uh, design well, uh, technical limit and new technology is one of the things that we are looking for. Yeah. That's why I think <clears throat> it's, it's not only coming from us, right? It should be coming from our service partner. I think Delta Tech, Delta Tech is not only our contractor, so part of service partner, we leverage on their capability, uh, their expertise, uh, what they can offer to us, and, and that's why we, we can share and 
yeah, yeah. how we can work together to to make it a success. So what are you what are you the most excited about with this new thing? What 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 do you expect? Like what's the what do you see it doing for for the business? So, so uh, this thing to me uh, to me specifically, right? Uh, as as uh, Petronas Mexico, I think everything that we did here is the first thing for Petronas. I think maybe could be for for the world as well, mm-hmm. especially on this technology uh, application and execution. Uh, so so to me, this is something like a breakthrough for for for, for Petronas, uh, for us to to. Uh, venture into new other or challenging operation that we will have uh, considering we have for example in this current uh, market condition right the the rate is very high so uh, we are talking about this waiting on cement uh, specifically specifically for this uh, uh, quick cure technology if let's say you can save few hours you are talking about 100,000 of saving of the yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of, the, of the USD dollars. That's huge. Yeah, so we're going to get into, when we get, so Tristan and Tyler, we're going to get into what the technology is exactly uh, in a minute. Um, but, yeah, and by the way, you guys are both, all, you guys, you co-authored the paper together, right? That's that, right. Tyler, you're, yeah. that you're presenting. So, um, that was very nice of you to, to do that. Super? So, tell the truth, did you do all the work? No. Uh, no. <laughs> Are you sure? I think you did. So no, right, I'll have to say uh, he did all the work. He did all the work. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So and are you? So John, you're. Pre- uh, did you work on it? Or are you presenting? I, I so you, on it as so well. all three of you guys are presenting. I'm, I am you know, not presenting. You're no. not presenting. No, that's right. Yeah. John's yeah. going to stand up there with us for moral support and help us answer the sticky questions on uh, simulation yeah, on capabilities, the, though, right? So yeah, yeah, if there's any questions on the the modeling, the thermal modeling, yeah. then, then I'll take them as best as I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I do really you? Um, so, so John, so you're the I guess the kind of the third party independent observer. Um, how do you see this kind of, uh, and again, we're going to get to what exactly it is, but how do you see this kind of stuff impacting the industry in general? Just, I mean, besides the great things that, that Petronas is going to do. Right, yeah. right. By, by this, do you mean like this technology, this cementing right, technology? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, not this podcast. Yeah, but. not the podcast. Okay, yeah. yeah the, no, well, the podcast is, is quite good, actually, because I, I, I watch quite a lot of them, but I've not watched yours yet, yeah. but it's going it's okay, to be well, added to my you, list. Now you got it. Now you got to listen. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, but but what I see, I mean, one of the challenges we've got, because, because uh, Gulf of Mexico soils both north of uh, U.S. and Mexico side, uh, you're jetting in with your 36 inch. And so the issue is when you run the 20 or 22 inch and land it out, uh, you don't necessarily have a support because of the short time between uh, spud to running the 22 inch because it's like like days from, from spud to landing the 22 inch. And so because we got such long strings for the 22 inch and so much weight, there's just not enough strength to support it. So having a good cement uh, strength bond in in this uh, very unconsolidated soils is, is really important. And so uh, being able to disconnect immediately, get the BOPs on and move forward, I you know I see yeah, that as really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so and so it's it was very interesting seeing this. I wasn't familiar with their technology prior to this project but it's quite fascinating because it solves a big problem that I see uh, in that how do you move from one step to the next because you know you you can do the soil support calculations on this 36 inch 
but do you really know how good it is till you put the weight on it, right? And so right. once you got the uh, cement set, uh, really problem solved and you can move forward. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Well, the yeah. thing that I I mean I said this Tristan when we were um, doing the, the last episode. This is the so this this podcast this show is about technology and only guess and so many times whenever we say. Uh, nowadays, people forget that technology and oil and gas isn't only just the computer stuff, right? right? Like, there's a lot of technology innovation, and and you can give and and you can uh, uh, talk about the whole hundred year plus of technology innovation that lo- lots of which didn't have anything to do with computers. And and it's fun to talk about the computer stuff, but it's great to have an episode where we say we talk about innovation and technology that is really more like fundamental to the operation turning wrenches right turning wrenches yeah yeah Yeah. so good um so i know you guys say one one more interesting thing about what they do is they're they're using a lot of the rigs existing equipment in order to heat up the water yes i find that quite interesting as well is you don't have to bring a bunch of extra stuff to make it yeah we talked about yeah 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 so with the funny thing about that is that nobody thought of it before (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. like it's so because yeah. when he was explaining it I thought wow, it's so obvious right you just like use the stuff that's already there to, to yeah. it. it's, it's brilliant brilliant alright so I know I told you guys that I would only make you talk for five minutes and it's been <laughs> it's been 12 so I'll let you go but thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for joining in yeah yeah excellent so Tristam welcome back thank you very much show. yeah one of our uh, you're going to become a fan favorite yeah <laughs> We had uh, so the last time that you were on, you were you were in Scotland, right, in Aberdeen. That's right. Yeah. Right, and so we were online. Now we get to do it actually in person here at the uh, ATC event. There you go. And uh, I know the event. I just have trouble with the letters. <laughs> so what? So let, so how's it? I mean, I'm. I usually say to people, "How's the event been?" But you guys have only been out here for a couple of hours so far this morning, so it's probably too early to tell. How does it look so far? Yeah, like, I mean, the, I think the key letter in the ATC being the T, the technical part of it, because, right. you know, we, we go to a few conferences, exhibitions, and, you know, generally they uh, maybe not quite as uh, technically centered as the ATC is. So I think that's the thing which yeah. I'm most excited about, about this particular uh, conference this week, is that we're actually going to be getting to speak about, you know, the technical kind of benefits and likes around the system, yeah, and actually yeah. having people kind of you know, technically interested. So, uh, yeah, I think so far so good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel personally like just a lot of um, excitement around the opportunity to present this paper. And I've had a few people, just really uh, people in the industry that I respect a lot, just convey like what an honor it is to get to do this. So that's something that uh, I think is fantastic to get out of the way the first day. And, you know, we'll hopefully be able to celebrate, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I want to come back to the paper in a second. But one of the things that uh, recently in the last couple of years, we come to these events and a lot of people have been kind of lamenting that it seems to become where it's just all the vendors showing up looking at each other's stuff right mm-hmm. and and um, are you seeing like are we getting people from industry out to the to the events have you uh, you know one thing I can comment on along those lines like obviously you said we've only been here a couple hours so I've, yeah. I've fully 
expect for this trend to continue, but I got to go to the uh, Deepwater Technical Symposium in New Orleans a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was fantastic. Like, it was an amazing opportunity to connect with people. Basically, it's a smaller conference than what we saw at the OTC for sure, but everybody that was there is relevant to our business and yeah, interested good, in talking good. about new technology. And you really felt that connection with people and that you just, let's face it, you can't get it online no, over you the can't. Zoom That's calls right. and stuff, right? I yeah. think the other part of it is, is that, you know, we, we were denied the opportunity for a while to actually get together face-to-face yeah. at these sort of things, and people are hungry for it. Yeah. You can sense that. We've been to a couple of uh, exhibitions over the last you know, six months or so, and people are hungry to get back together and exchange new novel concepts yeah, and yeah. innovations that you know, they've, they've not had that opportunity to explore over the last couple of years. Yeah. People from other places. In Houston, we it's been a little different, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but from other places. Um, I think, too, these... Uh, the, it seems to me that the events, so something else that has happened here in the Houston area, I don't know about other cities, but Tyler, I know you know this. We, we have like uh, these, uh, uh, these events that have sprung up, not so much from industry organizations, but more from like publishing marketing companies that have been spinning up these, I mean, every month. They're, they're not as big as this and they're in smaller venues. Mm-hmm. Like I was at one a couple of weeks ago and it was just right here in the Hilton, right? But we have these, these things like, every month and um and it starts to become like it's so much that you start to wonder like people can only go to so many things mm-hmm. but this but this is it's nice to see the like the big industry um nobody knows this but i'm looking at the big spe <laughs> it's yeah. not a banner what is that that big like circle thing yeah a big there. halo right yeah, so, never ending um, banner. Yeah. so the but like the the uh, the ones that are done by the industry organizations it seems that we're getting good like quality I agree. That's something that I've been investing in for a couple of years now is getting involved with the um, SPE Gulf Coast section. I'm currently the chair of the drilling study group. And kind of the format is that we've got monthly or bi-monthly luncheons that we have sort of industry experts come in and give a talk on a relevant topic for the drilling community. And that's been an excellent way to continue to like connect with people and meet people and also kind of keep abreast of what's happening in the industry over the last couple of years when it was hard to find that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. In 2020, you couldn't find anything like right, that that right. wasn't online. It's true. Yeah, we got, uh, I know at OGGN we had, uh, we started in 2020, we started doing these uh, online like live stream panels. And in early, like, you know, April, May, June, we had hundreds or thousands, I don't know, we had a lot of people watching, right? Tuning in and, and um, they were live stream you know, moderated, like I'd be the moderator and we'd have three guests or whatever. And then all of a sudden, right around January or February of 2021, it just fell off completely. Like everybody mm-hmm. just stopped. They just got saturated. There was yeah, like, that's there true. Was, there was so much. So I think you're right. The thing about people are, people want to get back out and do things in person again. I don't oh, think we can sure. replace that. All right, moving along. So just a review. Um, Tristan, you're the CEO and founder. You're the founder of Delta Tech, as I that's remember, right? Yeah. right? Yeah, and things, you're the main guy. Right. So, um, and, and it was a great story about how you started the company. We're not going to do that again because sure. people could just go listen to the thing. But um, but you're, you're still doing that, right? You're still the you're still the CEO. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping the, those gray hairs appearing. Yeah. Day after day. Yeah. And you have um, and you have a lot of people at home. I I didn't know this before, but you've got 
You've got like a house full of people. Oh that, yeah, too yeah. many to count now actually. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Need to stop that, but it's a great <laughs> opportunity to get over here to Houston and yeah, catch yeah. up on some sleep. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember those days. I remember those days. And uh, uh, Tyler, uh, I forget what is what is your what do you do? What at do Delta I do? Tech? I'm business development manager yeah. for the Americas. Okay, so you are the sales guy. Yeah, basically. I, I am the sales. I, guy. I, I was joking before, but I yeah. told him the sales yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. but he's well, hold on selling himself because you're the sales guy who's presenting a paper at a technical conference. Yeah, so I do a little bit of everything. Is like yeah. this. The reason I'm presenting this paper and was so involved with authoring is, is I had the opportunity to go offshore and to help run the first job. So I'm really proud of that, that cool. opportunity. So your background is to talk a little bit about your background. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm going down this road because sometimes when you, people hear that you're the sales guy they tune out because they think you don't know anything I know so, that's true do a little bit of credentialing there's both yeah. good and sort of bad will associated yeah. with that title right Yeah. And, but that is the primary responsibility that I have in what I'm doing when you think about trying to grow a business and being the bleeding edge of it and where you're trying to grow it organically right, right. I'm doing sales most of the time but right. I'll do anything, you know, whatever whatever needs to be done. Well, you have a technical the background. Yeah, I've, I've got a mechanical engineering degree. I graduated from Texas A&M back in 2008 and um, started my career with Baker Hughes uh, doing design engineering for PDC drill bits. Yeah. I did that for uh, three and a half years. And then I had the opportunity to go overseas uh, with Baker where I took an assignment in Aberdeen. And that's actually during the time period that I met Tristam. Um, that's going to be my next question. How did you guys get uh, connected? Yeah, so. I was an application engineer hawking drill bits, basically, doing the technical yeah, work. Yeah. But it's it's that's really fun. the, uh, you know, the Wondering the when is summer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when does <laughs> true. When does summer come? Yeah, it's two or three days, you know, give or take, June, July. So and they're inside, indoors. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but I, I met Tristam during that time period, and... Um, we just kept in touch over the years. He was a BP drilling engineer at the time. And, okay, so this um, is pre before you started the company. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So one of my one of my clients at that time used to walk across the car park over in uh, Stonywood to the BP building and uh, run in there and give him presentations on drill bit designs we were working on in the woodlands and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the connection originally, and then I um, I joined Workstrings International. They were part of Superior Energy Services. Right. And they talked me into helping them start up a new branch of their business in Stavanger, Norway. So I took a leap of faith that I could you thought do... Aberdeen was cold. Yeah. yeah. Cold. Yeah. And I took a Damn. leap of faith that I could do sales and with a new company, with a new product in a new country that I had no right. reference point for. So that was a little bit of a crazy jump, yeah. but I'm really happy so that I did it. So you're not timid. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah timid. There's a fine line between, uh, you know, that and stupidity and... Right. <laughs> I'm somewhere straddling that line most of It doesn't days. really matter. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to we're gonna kind of pick up... Uh, last time, Tristan, we talked about some of the product. We talked about the, 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 the cooling, the... No, the warming, the cement... Product, we could do either. Which is yeah. which that was the that good. was the original uh, the the original thing that you that you did, right? Wasn't that the Yeah, well the, the impetus was people wait on cement, right? And they right, right. You know, they can spend 12, 14, 15, 16 upwards hours waiting on cement just to continue the critical path of the operation. Yeah, yeah. And what we developed with our secure technology, which is the base technology service offering of Delta Tech, is a proprietary stabbed in inner string cementing system. Uh, what, we, what, what it enables is post-cementation internal circulation, which on its own doesn't impact the waiting on cement. 
And the impetus came from sitting there waiting on cement post secure, thinking, hey, we could circulate in a heat sweep at that point, and hot cement sets quicker than cold cement. So yeah, yeah. real simple, intuitive stuff, and it works real effectively. Right. So this is what the folks at, at Petronas are, are uh excited about right there yeah and, and to that point you know looking at what we achieved is this is really the punchline of my presentation and i hope that people would attend it and or download the article and read the whole thing because there's a lot of nice detail in there but looking at what we were able to achieve in terms of elevating the minimum environmental temperature for the cement job you know in a deep water well like we did in mexico like 5,000 feet you know a mile of water near the bottom it's going to be near freezing the ambient temperature yeah, is yeah, like sure. 38 degrees so cement at that interval can take a long time to set up and what we were able to achieve in mexico is actually filling the casing up starting with it pretty hot on surface obviously but filling up the casing really fast after we've placed the cement job and isolated the cement in the annulus so we don't compromise the job we filled that casing up with 98 degree fahrenheit water so you take it from like near freezing to a hot summer day in Texas. Yeah. And that yeah. makes a big difference on how quickly that how cement quickly sets up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, so so that's what the paper's about. That's well, what, what the paper's what, about. Paper, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and, and people could download that yeah, later. Yeah, this wanna. conference... Because by the time a, they hear this, the conference will be over. But That's but, right. But, um, um, yeah. but they, could, they could go to the SBE website and probably they should get do. It. Yeah. yeah, it should be on well, they one can just Petro. Call you. Just, just, and, we'll put your um, phone number in the show notes. Yeah, please. People just call my you. My phone number, yeah. my personal one. That's going to be fun for text messages and stuff, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so, tyler.reynolds at deltatechglobal.com. Yeah, there we go. We'll go with the email address. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so we were so we were talking earlier, Tristan and I. Uh, sorry, you were. I don't know, Tyler, what you were doing, but so we said, okay, well, we can't talk about the same thing we did last time. So let's hit something different. And uh, you mentioned we got on this subject, or we got on the subject of risk and how um, uh, just in general, whenever we talk think about new innovation and technology, we always think about like the cool factor or the time savings, the efficiency, the cost savings, et cetera. But driving risk out of operations is a big part of it as well. And so talk about that for a second. How, do you, how does that look to you? When Tyler and I first met, as he mentioned, I was a drilling engineer. And a drilling engineer's responsibility is to you know, make the operation as low risk as possible. And designing out risk is a key success parameter to doing it, that, right? It's so. So that's a very simple statement, but it's one that I hadn't really. I would get doesn't get. I would I would imagine doesn't get said very often. So, drilling. So an engineer. So in the abstract, an engineer's job is to design out the risk, wherever possible. Yeah. Exactly. And and you know when we talk when we talk about the Delta Tech technology, a number of people you know they immediately recognize the inherent time-saving benefits and the wow factors that you talk about. Right. But what we've realized over the years is actually the risk-reducing benefits are some of the most powerful value statements associated with the technology. And that's kind of the whole, where we've developed the whole ethos of the business around, right? Ultimate cement placement. You put the cement in place as uh, efficiently as possible with the lowest possible risk. So what, so in, and risk is something that in, in oil and gas, it's frequently recognized as uh, a huge factor. And it's one of those ones where we like to say people outside the industry don't really, like unless you're in the industry, you don't really get what 
like the levels of risk and 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 not just in terms of, of well I mean certainly in terms of people and safety and things like that but even if uh, even like monetarily like one one bad decision one bad did it this way instead of doing it that way and it's 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 huge it's it's huge so in in your world what's the risk like just give us a little context on um, what's what are the types of risks that you're designing out that what, what could go wrong sure yeah and and they start right from the very uh, inception of running the technology yeah you know there's a number of single point failures in the status quo setup uh, that you're almost re- you know you're relying on certain features of the system to seal for example which our system eliminates the requirement to snorkel valves running tool seals and the likes um, and it starts straight away we eliminate a number of those single point failure risks but it ends up through the heat sweep technology for example which immediately adds time-saving benefits but it also reduces risk of major non-productive time events where shallow hazards can impact the quality of the primary cement job which can have major impacts down the sort of well integrity of the that that, that well and through quick cure we can you know very yeah, yeah. much reduce those so what happens to people um, um, and by the way we didn't really do a we didn't really do a, a context thing here but we are talking about did we did we explain that we're talking about like offshore drilling projects and I don't know if we even did the you kind of have to go listen to the it's first episode like, yeah, yeah, you like gotta, it flows into this one this is part two um, this yeah. is this is the world of offshore drilling platforms right um, what kind and and Tyler so you I don't know, how long were you at Baker Hughes uh, I was at Baker for about five years and then uh, like I said so, I jumped over to do business development and I took a few yeah. international assignments so uh, long enough them. to. Yeah, so you know what's what. Um, what um, the kinds of things that uh, that people have to do with these offshore projects, right? The, the amount of capital is huge, so the, so there's a lot of risk being taken. Um, Definitely. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use any specific project names, but we've we've all heard about the ones that didn't go well, right? Oh yeah. Um, so what? Uh, how do people? I guess I guess what I'm trying to get at I'm trying to get a sense of like what's the what could go wrong and what what is it what happens what what happens to an operator or to the people involved when things don't go as when the risk is is realized yeah no, I don't think you have to be shy about, you know, referencing Macondo and that, that whole thing. Well, there was know, that that's, one. That's, was... uh, you know, it, it, it's something that casts a large shadow over particularly the U.S. Gulf of Mexico, the industry. You know, people really took the lessons learned in that project to heart, I believe. That's yeah, my yeah. perception of it from talking to people, especially about uh, new technology. And um, I think that, you know, without belaboring the point, obviously there's catastrophic things that can happen if risk isn't properly accounted for and mitigated against. Um, something that we find as a challenge, you know, as a new technology advocate, is getting people to think about doing something differently and trying to convince them that what we're offering actually reduces the risk because it's inherent to human psychology that you know if i do it the way i did it last time i'll be okay oh right right so So that's something that it's tangential to what you asked but i think is a point worth making that you know we really take that to heart and we're offering technologies that do reduce risk and look at consistent results as being the most kind of beneficial thing we can provide in a way 
And uh, it's it's our job and it's it's my daily kind of job to try to convince people that what we're offering is a lower risk profile than anything else. Yeah, that that's so we're yeah we're coming at it kind of from two different angles, but that is what I was thinking, which is um, typically uh, you know historically because of the risk involved, there's a sense in the industry of like if it ain't broke, don't fix it, yeah. right? And so um, so when you talk about bringing in something new, always, always there's a concern like, mm. well, I already know how to do it this way. Yeah. Um, so how do you, so how, um, but although I think it's changing a little bit, I, th- I think, I think the industry is becoming more open to doing things in new ways because they have to, but, yeah. but what, how do you, so how do you talk to people about that, about how bringing in something new actually reduces your risk? Yeah. And like, I mean, Hey, the stakes are changing. I and mean, like by hacky said, rig rates are going up, uh, you know, people are recognizing that they need to be considering innovative new ways of working to try and you know, reduce their overall cost of operations. And you know, that dovetails nicely into what we offer. Um, the beauty of this sort of new technology, and I'm, I know we're on a podcast, so I'll tell you I'm using like, you know, quotation fingers new, because it's not new what we do anymore. It's been run plus 50 times globally with great success. Is it things directly? But like historically, it's new. Historically, right? So if I was, if I were a drilling engineer who's been doing this for the last 30, 40 years, this mm. would be new to yeah, me, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. And, so go and, ahead. You know, trying to get them to, uh, you know, consider it at least is it, it's the right time now. You know, it's it's not that new as it was four or five years ago. It's not unproven. It's not. Um, it's not right. unproven. Right. Right. Yeah. And the beauty is, is that it it can be very simply uh, seen as actually albeit new technology, lower technology than some of the existing kind of pieces that are used. Uh, mm. <clears throat> some of our cl- customers actually you know, do say that, hey, this is simpler than what we've been using for 20, 30, 40 years in some instances in some applications. And they prefer it from uh, some of the existing technology applications that they've, that they've been using because of its simplification and lower risk profile. So what would, what would people be doing what are what are some of those less simple t- uh, things that people might be using instead of this? What what is that? Like, I mean, what does that the, world some, look like? Some of the um, <coughs> some of the technology specifically that we've we've been sort of put in that bracket of lower technology against is uh, subsurface release cement plugs, for example. You know, they have a they have a, um, a shear pin arrangement or you know, some kind of like launch device off of the bottom of running tools, which requires. Um, darts to be launched from the surface to interface with and shear at the right pressures and thereafter seal through different yeah, internal that's a lot diameters of and there's yeah, a few different yeah. bit, you know, as you can expect yeah. you know that is simpler than four o-rings right which is I'm simplifying our stuff you know it's maybe you know, it's a little bit more complicated it's not far more complicated than that and it's a lot more reliable you know we're talking 54 runs 55 runs now of the technology yeah. with you know, an unrivaled reliability track record. And when people look at that versus the status quo, they can quickly come to the conclusion that, you know, what Delta Tech are providing is the lowest risk, simplest solution available to, you know, achieving an overall more cost-effective solution. Yeah, 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 that's, um, you can see how, well. In a nutshell, it's the track record, which is how we, you know, present to our clients. And, and, and the real piece de resistance is when you get the likes of Bihaki from Petra and Ash willing to step up there and say, this is a success. Right. And yes. word of mouth, you know, testimony from people that use it and face those risks yeah. and say that's the right way to go. That's the best 
you know, sales pitch again, quotation marks, right. Uh, right, that, right, you can, right. that you can have. And it makes, you know, I know Tyler's, you know, business development, he's, you know, yeah, speak about yeah, him yeah. I'm the CEO, I'm a salesman as well, right? Because that's I, I, what we all do I'm with small that. Yeah. technology yeah, providers. We speak to clients about what we offer and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we help them come to the right conclusion as to whether or not it's the right solution in their application. And, you know, more, more times than not, they come to the conclusion it is and you know, right, help right. them deliver a better operation. Yeah, and I apologize, I'm still recovering from that bug that, got flew, attacked. that <laughs> bug that flew directly into my eye from over there somewhere. <laughs> and, we're, and we're indoors now, yeah. although that is a Houston thing, right? We got we got bugs inside and outside. Yeah. I mean, safety specs everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, all right, um, let's, uh, so risk, we want to talk about, it. you said something, Tristan, you said something, when we were talking earlier, you said, you know, doing something simpler, um, more simply, like obviously reduces risk. It also, we got into the, when we were chatting earlier, we kind of got into this carbon thing. And the observation was um, when you when you do something, I think what you said was when you do something simpler, when you simplify an operation, you, you like automatically, it has a carbon impact, right? That's Is that it. true? Yeah, and that's it. And, yeah. You know, different clients and industry areas and regions will have, you know, different levels of uh, impetus to, you know, deliver a lower carbon output. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter from Delta Tech's angle because, you know, our raison d'etre is delivering uh, a lower risk cementing operation, ultimate cement placement, the whole ethos of the company. And, And in doing so, you save some time, you deliver a better cement job, you lower the risk of the operation, and in, and all of those benefits ultimately deliver an inherent lower carbon output because yeah, you can yeah. very simply arrive at you know, actually metricing it. You know, an, a drilling operation on a drill ship might burn, for argument's sake, 48 tons of fuel a day, you know, two tons of fuel an hour. Mm. And if you can save six hours two off of that- tons of fuel an hour. Uh, Isn't that crazy? That. Yeah. But yeah. if you can save, you know, six hours off of uh, an operation to get to the same point in the critical path by using our technology, then obviously yeah. you've got to save yeah. twelve tons of fuel. Yeah, you yeah. saved times point three point two metric tons of carbon dioxide. You can very quickly say, right, as well as delivering a lower risk operation, as well as saving a bunch of time, which gives you a lower dollar, uh, you know, bottom line on your your operation, you've also saved forty plus tons of carbon dioxide. You know, surely that's in everybody's best interest. Surely it's in everybody's best. Although you did make a comment where we, so Tyler, you weren't here for this, but he said, you know, I, it was something comparing like, uh, and by the way, this is Houston, Texas, so you're going to have to go easy on the French words. But, yeah, I was going to uh, say that earlier. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, you know, the, I guess uh, the contrast of the level of, uh, uh, I don't want to use the word seriousness, but uh, of deliberation related to the carbon stuff between the between Europe and the US and I think what you actually said was are, are people really serious about it over here um, and uh, I, I think well I, I'm, what do you think Tyler what, do you, what do you... I think the the conversations are definitely evolving and you know something along these lines that you know has been brought to my attention had a lot of conversations recently are like CCUS or carbon capture underground storage projects right, which are yeah, becoming yeah. Um, much more relevant topic for operators. I, I listened to uh, CEO from Talos, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Duncan, right? And right? I listened to him speak at one of player. the... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the other one. <laughs> it, yeah. Did I get his name right? I, I hope so. I did. I think he did. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, he, he gave this really nice 
kind of an eloquent argument for why CCUS is going to be important moving forward, why Talos has taken a leadership role in um, you know, pioneering CCUS projects in the Gulf of Mexico. And um, you know, the way that he put it is that the energy demand requirements going up really can't be met, even if you look at like a very optimistic view for alternative energy sources um, coming up in the mix. Yeah. Energy we demand is going to go so high yeah. in the next 50 years that the only way to make a meaningful impact towards that carbon neutral uh, quota that everybody's looking for is to look at sequestering it, right? And it just so happens that this activity of CCUS drilling and, and uh, sequestration, that that requires the same industry that we have today to drill oil and gas yeah, wells. It, the it, exact same rigs, yeah. the exact same engineers, the processes, the technology. And uh, that, I think, is getting people's attention because it's a way that you can look at, especially like, um, you know, I hope there's supposed to be some Oklahoma State grads come by and talk to us that were sent by one of our clients. And like, what are you going to tell people that are looking to get started in the industry like in the next year or two? Um, you know, because if you listen to the popular media, it's like this thing is a dinosaur. It's on its way out. And th that's only... You know, that's not totally true, yeah. and it's not genuine to, to what the prospects are for people working in the industry moving forward. Yeah, it's not. Um, it is funny, though, how so much of sort of the public society has kind of just embraced the notion that that's true. Like, it's kind of like, depending on what circles you hang out in, in the media and things, right? It's like it's a given, it's a given fact, right? Like, yeah, oil and gas is about to be finished. And... You know, when you look at the actual, at the at the data and the facts, like obviously it's it's nowhere near finished. Um, but uh, but you mentioned the, the the CCUS projects. Also, I think coming back to this, like, are people are people serious about it here? Um, uh, there's a few, there's a few things happening. Like Oxy just it just started uh, construction of the largest carbon capture. Uh, facility in the world here in the Permian, mm -hmm. and but this is where the innovation comes in, right? So, a couple of years ago, they started uh, doing a bunch of uh, with a joint venture with uh, Eco Patrol. They they started a whole bunch of EOR stuff, and this is kind of outside your world because you guys are mostly offshore. But they started a bunch of enhanced oil recovery uh, in the Permian, sixty-seven thousand acres, something like that, right? And and now they're going to have the largest, the biggest ever. Carbon. So, so you, so you've got the carbon capture that provides the CO two for the injection for the EOR, and right. like that's the kind of like mm -hmm. thinking and smartness that I think the industry doesn't really get credit for, right? Yeah, in true. the in the public eye, like that's that's brilliant, and it's a four billion dollar construction project. Sure. So, that's real money, you know. Put four billion dollars into that's real money. Um, but anyway, coming back to your thing. Mm -hmm. So, how do you? Uh, um, so as you're as you're engaging with this industry that's starting to gain some momentum in these type of initiatives, um, how do you like how does that kind of factor into your strategy or how you're how are you able to help people? And you and you were getting into it a little bit before, but but how do you think about that going into these? these operations. Yeah, and I, I don't mind being considered a little controversial if it's by European standards when, you know, I say that, hey, we're about delivering the best possible operation for our clients. Yeah. And in doing so, if that helps their carbon footprint, brilliant. But, you know, our sort of, you know, 
rationale and ethos as a company, I'll be honest, right? It doesn't, it's, number one is not reducing carbon. That's not what we're about. We're about mm. lowering risk in, in drilling operations and building wells, and, and you know, mostly in a subsea capacity. And you know, when it comes to having those, those conversations with clients, I don't mind being that, you know, addressing that elephant in the room of, well, hey, uh, what's your carbon kind of you know, ethos and credentials and metrics and KPIs, et cetera, et cetera. Because we'll gladly go away and you know, calculate those for you and intuit, intuitively in having used our technology. But you know, we're not going to try and sell them that on you know, the basis of number one, right? Yeah. So, so what you're saying is, there are potentially priorities in the industry that are yeah. that are valid, good, noble priorities that don't actually have anything to do with carbon. They have other objectives. Otherwise, the industry doesn't function, right? Absolutely. And, and when we hear, like, our clients sort of give this message, especially at conferences like this, it's, it's a talking point. Um, about reducing carbon footprint and uh, carbon emissions equivalents for drilling operations being a piece of that pie. Um, we absolutely want them to know that, hey, if you spend less uh, marine diesel, if you use less uh, cement, you know, it's into the weeds as to why that happens with our system. But suffice to say that our system does reduce the amount of cement, uh, certainly the potential to use less cement um, in these kinds of cement jobs that we're involved in. And cement is one of the most carbon intensive construction materials for you know, drilling in, in um, a so well. How, yeah, so explain so, that, why, why is that? Um, it's it's in the weeds of how they make cement, but mm -hmm. it's a basically a, a heated, like refined product, and uh, it's quite energy intensive to make it. So with that, like if you can spend like batteries, ish, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But if you can spend less cement, like whenever you're drilling and you know uh, cementing a well, then you naturally have these buckets of carbon emissions equivalent savings. Yeah. That hey, it's not our primary mission in life, right? But if the client's looking for another reason to use it, we certainly want them to realize that that's the case. You know, it's it's kind of yeah. like well, you get to check that box also. Yeah. Yeah, but but it comes back to something that has been coming up a lot lately in some of the panels that I moderated and uh, some other things uh, where people are saying, um, like, yeah, we're like we're all on board with this and all, but as an industry, as individual companies, as a CEO, we have to make money because if we don't, then like bad things happen to a lot of people, right? And so we have to have, like we have to have a commercial model, a business model that works. And in order to do that, we can't just, we just can't pour money into things that don't have some sort of ROI. Mm -hmm. uh, or we have to have some way of, like, like you gotta balance the books, otherwise you go out of business and everybody's out of work and, and things like that. So I, I think taking this approach that says, hey, we got a great way of doing this thing that's really important to, to the operation that you need in order to be successful and we have a good way of doing it and it's going to save you money and it's going to be da -da 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 and less risk and blah, blah blah by the way it also helps with some of these carbon objectives you know maybe it's not going to change the world but it like contributes to that that's that's good right like that's absolutely like, like that's yeah absolutely that, that's good stuff exactly we'll want this you know if we can get the same output for the least amount of input yeah. Generally, everybody. Like that's would be always on board good, no matter what it is, exactly. right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're talking about. It's kind of how I did know, school, actually. Yeah. Or, you know, building yeah. or drilling wells in a subsea environment. Right. It doesn't matter which industry you're in. You know, if you can get the same output for, for the least amount of input, 
everybody should be thumbs up, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's precisely the same kind of lens that we look at, you know, cement placement and subsea well construction and the likes. That's exactly what Delta Tech does. It lets you get this, you know, the same or if not better output right. for the least amount of input. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's always good. It's yep. never, and you, it's and never you, bad. You, and you can obviously put a, you know, the carbon metrics mm -hmm. against that as well as the dollar metrics yeah. and the risk metrics. Uh, you know, and that, that's generally yeah. a pretty well-received kind of statement. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, so um, Tyler, what, what time is your thing tonight? It doesn't matter to the people listening because, uh, or not tonight, it's this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's going to play yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2.25. So you're going to have a, um, yeah. is anybody going to show up? I hope so. You're gonna come, I, aren't you? No, I can't because I gotta do. I gotta do another podcast. <laughs> I uh, no, we we. Um, uh, I think I, I think it should be good. Uh, Thanks. Like we were saying yeah. before, um, uh, we're starting to see more people. It, it's, uh, a year ago, right now, about a year ago, at the Rockwell Automation Fair, which was here at the George R. Brown, I moderated uh, a panel uh, forum. It was a two-hour panel on. Uh, innovation in the chemical industry. Um, we were in one of these uh, uh, the theater rooms. I don't know if you're going to be like mm -hmm. in one of the where they got. It's kind of like a like the theater seats, right? And but at that time, they, you still had the option. Like, do people have the option for your talk to watch it online instead of like live? I'm not sure about that. I yeah. th thought it was just here in person. But yeah, I could be wrong about that. So they had that. They had so a year ago. They had it was like you could watch it live online, or you could uh, you could do it. Um, you know, you'd be in the room. Right. Well, mine was at nine o'clock in the morning on the second day, right, of the conference. So, um, so not only could you watch it online if you were not here in Houston, but you could watch it online from your hotel room across the street, right. which is what everybody did because <laughs> nobody was in the room. Because they were all, because yeah. it's the second night of the conference at nine in the morning and everybody's like still trying to like nurse the hangover from the night before. <laughs> right. So there was, so there was nobody in the room. But there was, I don't know, there was like 15 people in the room, this big room, but uh, online there was like 300 people watching. So, uh, which was really, it's tough to play to an open room. So hopefully you'll have a good crowd. Yeah, thank you very much. much. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Have you done a lot of like talking to groups like that? Yeah, it could be the one of the bigger ones that I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, I was just telling my wife, I think it'll be the uh, biggest speaking event I've had since I graduated from high school from a little bitty town. I was valedictorian, whatever, thir class of 38. But our whole like high school football class stadium was filled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's like everybody's extended family and everything. I think that's the biggest speaking engagement I did. It was probably like 400 people. 400 people? All so right. All right. Good. if I do more than that, I'll be pretty proud. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Tyler's got the charisma and the tie to pull it off. He'll, he'll, he, the tie I got, is... I got my Aberdeen tartan tie on. I was going to say that. And uh, I got my Luke Casey cowboy boots. So I'm, I'm right here in the middle, man. I'm, <laughs> that's where I am. So. <laughs> All right. So, guys, uh, hey, thanks. Um, I'm looking at the timer. We should probably wrap up. Otherwise, people are going to, like, if we, if we talk too long, they change the channel. So, uh, uh, but thanks for uh, inviting me over. The booth looks great, by the way. Thanks a lot. Um, I see lot. now why the Delta Tech colors are orange and white because everything, like, because the equipment's all orange and white. Is that, like, is that on purpose? Like, how, yeah, we can get you out to a rig now. I think you're fully qualified, Michael. Yeah. Can I? I, uh, I, uh, that would be good. I, I've, uh, I can see exactly how it works. Um, but anyway, thanks and uh, good luck at the talk, good luck at the conference, and uh, enjoy Houston while you're. You got, you are here on Good Weather Week. Oh, I'm here, so here it's, all the time. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. So cool. Yeah. All right. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks, thanks guys. Michael. Thanks, right. Michael. Yeah. Yeah.
Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGDN.com.